Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or even IDP, we got you covered all season long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. And of course, as always, your guy, John June, at JR Football Nerd on Twitter and Instagram. I hope everybody's doing well. I hope y'all are enjoying this wonderful weather that we've been having. I hope you guys continue to stay safe, continue to, you know, social distance. If you're not vaccinated, all that stuff, wear your mask, whatever. But just be safe, have some fun. But most importantly, uh, guys, we're getting ready to to talk football again. So that being said, I know I mentioned it last week. I'm going to take a short break. I'm uh, probably going to be about two weeks or so from recording uh, just, you know, get my mind right, take so, take a break, spend some time with family and whatnot. So um, won't get much content from me, but right here, right now, you're going to get one last piece of content from me. Uh, and that is an interview I did with my guy, Lawrence Jackson, Lord Don't Lose, the fancy football lord. Uh, my guy is hilarious. He's real. Uh, he's a great, analyst, uh, great analyst. So definitely definitely are going to want to stick around and check this interview out that we had because we talked ball uh we talked anything from rookies to vets to you know outlooks for for a lot of these second year guys too especially these running backs so you definitely gonna want to stick stick around hear this entire conversation um but after that y'all i will hear or y'all will hear from me rather in about two weeks so Definitely, uh, you know, going to enjoy this break, going to enjoy this time off, but look forward to being back on the mic with all y'all. So appreciate you. Uh, Definitely check out this interview. Definitely make sure you give Lawrence a follow and definitely, definitely make sure you subscribe to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics podcast, FFDX on most podcast platforms. Thank you, everybody. Have a good one. And we are out. All right, our next guest is someone I met on Twitter, someone who's knowledgeable, knows his fantasy, definitely knows his football, someone I definitely consider a friend in the community. He's the host of the Lord Don't Lose podcast. He has an OnlyFans uh, fantasy football chat. Got to throw that caveat in there. And then also write some articles for FanCred Sports. That's my guy, Lawrence Jackson. LJ, what's good, bro? What it do, man? I actually, I actually, I don't use the OnlyFans no more. It didn't work. I'm gonna try something else. It ain't work. And plus, I ain't want OnlyFans taking my cut, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, but hey, man, if it, it's it's worth it if you're on the receiving end as a consumer. Because I was scrolling through on Twitter one Friday morning. It was after a Thursday night football game, the Colts versus the Titans. I'm all in my feelings about Jonathan Taylor, who did not have <laughs> the game we we didn't want, and I had Jonathan Taylor all over. As the listeners would know, he was my breakout running back last year, so. We were, we were all stuffing together. And there was this video that I find on Twitter uh, that LJ posted, Lawrence posted. And I swear if I said I watched it 30 times that day, that would be a complete understatement. I thought this thing was so funny. Um, and it really just spoke to how all the Jonathan Taylor uh, fantasy managers were feeling after that Thursday <laughs> night football game. So LJ, man, I got to have to ask you. Could you, t- you could tell I were hurt that time, wouldn't you? <laughs> I have to ask you, man. Like, what do you? What were your thoughts about Jonathan Taylor's season last year? And what do you think 
you know, could be his 2021. Well, the thing about it, 2020 was, I feel like we got at the end what we expected in the beginning. We just mm-hmm. was not, we just was not patient enough. You feel me? Um, same thing could be said for uh, J.K. Dobbins. He started to get more usage at the end of the season. Same for DeAndre Swift. In Jonathan Taylor's case, um, he had to, you know, he just had to compete with other guys. You had Marlon Mack who were hurt, um, but he still had to compete with Jordan Wilkins. And Naeem Hines never lost his role, and he never went. As far as 2020 goes, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, as far as 2021 goes, the fact that he got off to such a slow start and still ended up third in the league in rushing <laughs> is just that that's your wild man so as far as 2021 goes um you gotta expect them to 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 ride that house right there man um but like i said naeem hines um that role that he has like that's there like you need they need that guy in is like james white you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like they need that. The interesting part will be where Marlon Mack comes in because he's still on the roster. Now, make no mistake, like, Marlon Mack a good running back in his own right. Um, It's just that when you get hurt and then when you suffer an injury like the Achilles tear, um, mm-hmm. people are going to forget about you. But I just don't see, you know um, – like Jonathan Taylor, just too good to you know to give him twelve to fifteen touches. You feel me? That yeah. that's a tw- that's a twenty touch guy. You talking two hundred thirty pounds and run a four three? Um, he, he he'll run over you and he'll run past you. So um, what's his ADP right now? Jonathan Taylor, he's going around the back half of the first round. So, you know, he is, he is a first-round pick going off as one of the top 12 running backs. I don't have his, his exact ADP in front of yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. But it's, he's, he's, he's definitely – fantasy managers are caught up from last year. Yeah. Uh, man, I, I, I would love to just believe in the talent. If he mm-hmm. – if, if, if I'm definitely taking that in the second round. However, um, I, I like – I like Cam Akers' situation a little bit better. Um, hell, even coming into the coming into the season, Cam Akers always been my uh, number one back from that class. Him neck and neck with with uh, Jonathan Taylor, but um, because of uh, you know Marlon Mack, Naeem Hines, I, I don't think I need to mention Jordan Wilkins, but. Him, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, because of those guys, uh, a guy like Cam Akers don't have that same type of competition, you know. And yeah. uh, again, Cam Akers is another one. Dobbins, Taylor, Akers all came on later than what we uh expected. But um, you know, from the straight up talent point, uh, from 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 the point of talent, um. Jonathan Taylor, you gotta love him. Like mm-hmm. you, you just gotta know that the coaches, hell, they see what we see, right? Mm-hmm. So just don't expect him to be like what Le'Veon Bell was, because Naeem Hines is there, and he's gonna have his spot, man. Yeah, definitely, man. You you spoke about the the, the games down the stretch, and those six games he, he did six of the last seven, he did miss one with COVID, but. 
Uh, he was or not actually didn't actually have COVID. He was on the COVID list because he was close contact. But anyway, he was on pace for 317 carries. It's just under 20 carries a game, like you talked about. And he was on pace for almost 2,000 rushing yards, uh, 1,976, and 19 touchdowns, man. So this dude was on an absolute tear down yeah. the stretch. Everything well, you, that we. Yeah, you got to include that game. He went for 253, too. Yeah. Uh huh. I mean, that ain't going to. Yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah, I know what I'm saying. Like, that ain't going to happen every. But he a dude who could probably rush for 200. <laughs> Once yeah. a year, you yeah. know, not once a year, but you know, more often than not, because mm-hmm. he got the breakaway speed. But yeah, yeah, I hear you on that for sure. No, I mean, absolutely. Even if you take that run out, he's still at over 1500 yards, 16 touchdowns. If you take yeah, that game yeah. out, yeah, so yeah. the dude was on absolute tear. Like you talked about the talent, and I think that's what sticks out to me the most is the talent with Jonathan Taylor, right? Above all these backs, I mean, I'm with you, Cam Akers. He's, I call him sweet feet, um, but he, you know. He's got talent, but his situation isn't going to be as good because, again, that presence of Naeem Hines, uh, you know, we knew Phillip Rivers was a guy that was going to dump it to his backs. And even then, um, Jonathan Taylor on this stretch that he was on, only 45 targets. Naeem Hines um, probably should go over 50 targets here for the for the Colts. So it'll be interesting to see. At least. At least, right? So we'll see, you know, what happens. Maybe, you know, the t- – the, you know, the, the Colts end up in favorable game script and they're just feeding the beast at the end of the game in JT. So we'll they do, but they, they got that line too. Yeah, exactly. The offensive line, they did take a hit losing the left tackle at Costanzo, but uh, I yeah. think they just signed somebody recently to replace them. Either way, yeah, they're, they're, I like what they're doing over there in terms of the offensive line. But, you know, you mentioned before all these backs when they were rookies, they struggled a little bit. Um, that reminds us there was a draft recently. Um, we saw some running backs go off the board, John, uh, Najee Harris and Travis Etienne vocal off the board in the first round. Uh, Javante Williams, he was a top 35, top 36 pick. Um, what was your favorite move of the entire NFL draft? Um, well, my favorite move actually isn't uh, a running back move. Yeah, um, I I got I like a lot of moves. Like if we go early in the draft, middle rounds, late. Uh, my favorite move in the early part of the draft was the the Forty ers picking up Trey Lance. You feel me? Uh, mainly because um I hit him, but you know, <laughs> uh, I I I think uh he in a great situation. Uh, and it's both ways. I think the. The situation is great for him and for the 49ers, you feel me? Um, yep. He can either – he in a situation where he can either learn quick and be ready to play or the team should be good enough around him now uh, that they getting healthy that if he don't come up to speed so quick, you know, they can have Jimmy G in there mm-hmm. for them losing a couple of games, you know, <laughs> and then <laughs> – and, 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 and then – and you know, and then it'd be the Trey Lance show. So uh I definitely uh like that move per se. I, I like the Bears getting Justin Fields. It kind of just rejuvenated they whole mm-hmm. fan base. The fan base is loving it. Um, it gives them some hope that they actually have a quarterback that they could see the talent, you know what I'm saying? So they could see the future. So I like the Bears. Uh, being aggressive 
in in uh in getting that. I also like uh the Lions getting the steal fourth round with uh Amon Ross St. Brown. So mm-hmm. the, the, those are uh those are some of the moves that I liked in the in the draft. Yeah, man. To your point with Trey Lance, I mean, this guy's in a, a great situation. He gets to be with Kyle Shanahan. That team is talented. You know, they're similar to what the you know the Chiefs were a you know few years ago back in 2018 where they were a talented roster they just ended up getting a quarterback with a top 10 pick in Patrick Mahomes and you yep. look at this Niners team they're talented they didn't they were just in the in the Super Bowl 2 years ago they got decimated by injuries ended up with a top 12 pick that they turned into the third pick which eventually became Trey Lance and I'm glad that he won you some money man because um I did not think it was going to be Trey Lance. I, I thought it was going to be Justin Fields because I, I just knew it wasn't going to be Mac Jones. I, I'm going to keep it real. I had me a little tilt, you know what I'm yeah, saying? <laughs> hey, man, the smart ones always do. So, um, <laughs> you know, I like I like what you said about Justin Fields rejuvenating that fan base, man. Um, I know, obviously, a lot of the guys, a lot of people we interact with on Twitter happen to be Bears fans. They were very sure. excited about that for sure. And, I, and I, I was happy for them because Justin Fields, to me, his draft process has reminded me so much of Deshaun Watson that it's it's, it's creepily eerily, it's creepily eerie how similar they are when you just look at the fact that, you know, these are both guys that were successful in college, um, you know, played in a college playoff. And they just, yeah. get, they're yeah. clearly, they're clearly, you know, the cream of the crop in their in their class, but for some reason we have to second guess it. For oh, some the re- reason the re- the reasons cause they black, but yeah. If I, I don't mean, have to if I don't <laughs> have to keep it if I don't have to keep it PC here. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I and and that's a hundred percent true. And so it's something like especially when the character stuff comes out and it's this it's this it's this uh narrative, it's this stereotype that they're constantly been fighting black quarterbacks in the NFL have been fighting the stereotype. Cam Newton was labeled a bust before he ever took a snap in the NFL. Um, you know, they want him to trend to, you know, go to tight end, but nobody ever talked about that with Tim Tebow. So, tight end, tight end. <laughs> you know, so, again, that. you know, so, you know, you look at that situation, uh, you look at, I just think Justin Fields is going to be a star, man. You, you know, if you look at, yeah, yeah, so, for sure. Uh, you look at the I, NFL. I, I'm happy for him. I feel like he the best quarterback in the draft. I'm happy that he went to them because they have things in place already. Um, the the offensive, you know, play callers, whoever they may be, just get it together. You got a guy now. You got receivers. You got well. You got one top receiver. You straight at running back. You got a defense with studs on it. You know what I mean? At every mm-hmm. level of the defense. Mm-hmm. You know, so I like his situation just like I like Trey Lett's situation. Hell, they was in the playoffs last year at 8-8. Eight and eight <laughs> with, <laughs> with, with, with Shuffling between Mitchell Trubisky and, and, and Nick Foles. Like, <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man, because a lot of, you know, you and I are both in the Northeast area at this moment. and been interacting with some Giants fans. My co-host, Greg, he's a Giants fan as well. They're kind of happy about the Bears getting the Bears' first-round pick. And I'm like, hey, you guys realize the, the Bears were a playoff team last year, and they just got a quarterback upgrade. Like, yeah. how, how are they going to be any worse than they were last year? And we're talking, and we're yeah. talking about Aaron Rodgers probably not playing in the division this year. 
So yeah, I mean, I yeah, I agree. I mean, where do you have Justin Fields? Where would you rank him among quarterbacks this year, heading into twenty twenty one? Like you talking about rookie quarterbacks? No, or? all all quarterbacks. If you were picking in your fantasy Ooh. redraft league, how oh, many oh, quarterbacks oh. would you take before you took Justin Fields? Well, well, if let's say he's starting from day one, right? I would probably, if all the rookies were day one, I would well, I would have to go Trey Lance over Fields, and there would be a whole bunch of quarterbacks mm-hmm. I'm taking over Trey Lance. So, but the fact that he got the rushing upside, you know what I'm saying? He can't be no lower than the middle of the pack if we talking fantasy, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. we saw what Jalen Hurts did. He mm-hmm. didn't complete a he didn't complete a high percentage of his passes, but people was using them in fantasy matchups when they had to. They were strapped because of his rushing upside. So I couldn't see him no less than the you know the top half when it comes to fantasy. Yeah. So right now I've got my early projections. I do have Fields start like we talk about Fields and Matt Nagy and the you know the the similarities between the Chiefs. We got to stop doing that, man. Because Matt Nagy. And Ryan Pace, the GM, the, the head coach and GM for the Bears, they don't have a choice. If they don't get this right this year, they will not make it to next year. It, we, we see this all the time. You don't draft a rookie quarterback and then get it uh, as a lame duck head coach and then get the opportunity to say, you know what, we're going to give them year two to figure out how they can do it. These owners of these teams, they want their young quarterbacks being developed. They look at the success that quarterbacks are having around the league. If you don't have success in year one, and you can go back and look at the history, Nine times out of ten, these quarterbacks that draft rookie quarterback, these head coaches that are on the roster, when they draft a rookie quarterback, they are fired the next year if they do not make the playoffs. And and let and to just be frank, hell, like I said earlier, they went to the playoffs eight and eight, shuffling Trubisky and Foles. Right? <laughs> just put them in now. What what do you got to lose? But yeah, your so, job. <laughs> exactly. That's what they have to lose. And that's why I think we see Fields Go early. out swinging. <laughs> swinging. They, they, I, I know they just had said Andy Dalton, they started, but come on. Like, he would have to be terribly bad in training camp for him not to be starting week one. Like, the only game he shouldn't start is week one preseason. Anything <laughs> after that, anything after that, boy, fire him on up. Get that Georgia boy in there. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So I, that's why I have him starting out the season. I've got him as my QB ten man, and they, and I and I have him there. But there's Aaron Rodgers there. I think the I would probably take him over Tom Brady, even though I have Tom Brady pretty high. But I want that rushing floor, that rushing upside every week. But the only guys I would take ahead of him: Russell Wilson, maybe Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Outside of that. Ryan Tannehill, maybe? I definitely feel you on that, man. Because, I mean, it's because he got a team around him. Like, you going to take him. If they both start not day one, I'll start Justin Fields way before I start Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because he's he's got the number one receiver in Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson is getting the biggest quarterback upgrade of his life. This is the best quarterback <laughs> he done had in the pros. Ever. He was playing with Christian Hackenberg and Matt yeah, that, yeah, at Penn yeah. State. Yeah, that too. So, <laughs> so, so his top quarterbacks in his life is Fields, 
and then whoever his high Andy school Dalton. quarterback, his high school, <laughs> his high school quarterback, his high school. Quarterback. No, because before Fields, I was like, yo, Andy Dalton's the best quarterback Allen Robinson's ever had, and that's not saying much. It's wild, man. All right, man. Let's let's move on, man. Let's move on. Um, I know you said that you also liked. Uh, I forgot what the third one is. We spent so much time talking about Justin Fields. This is why I have to take notes. Um, what was the the third team that you liked the, the most out there? Uh, uh, just the Lions picking up a yes. round in the fourth round. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying, man. Uh, I, He's a dog, I, bro. He's a dog. I, I, I don't expect much from the Lions, but if we talking about fantasy, uh, he got the opportunity to to be that guy there. Like they literally. Ooh, they got Quintess Cephas. <laughs> like, that's cool. Like, no disrespect to him, but that, like, obviously, St. Brown got the highest ceiling. Now he's, he, he the rookie coming in. You know what I'm saying? He'll have every opportunity uh, to be the number one receiver on that team. Think Stefan Diggs when he first came out in the fifth round of his rookie year. Uh, he made an immediate impact uh, <clears throat> on the Vikings, so you could kind of see that same situation. And uh, if if it's to be expected, I don't think the Lions made no upgrades on defense. Um, <laughs> so they gonna be throwing. So you know, and hey, Jared Goff needs someone to throw the ball to, man. Yeah, he he got Hawk. He got TJ Hawkinson, but you know who I, I think going to do something this year. But, yeah, man, uh, I just like the value they got for him uh, in the draft. Yeah, so. I know. I totally agree with that move. I mean, what you said. Amon Ross St. Brown was one of my, my favorite receivers in this class. I did really like this receiver class as a whole, but that's another different topic. But Amon Ross St. Brown, one of my favorites. Like I said before, he's just a dog. You just see his his mentality out there. Doesn't matter how much bigger or smaller he is than the other guy across from him. He just he just wants to compete. Um, so I do like the situation here. They talked about him playing in the slot and outside, so yeah, that's obviously yeah. favorable for him as a PPR guy potentially. Um, I do like DeAndre Swift getting some reception in this, in this offense. Uh, we saw yeah, how yeah. Austin Eckler's been used. I mean, Anthony Lynn's coming over, you know, from from the Chargers as as the offensive coordinator. Uh, so hopefully Swift can get some work here as a pass catcher. The only thing that scared me about Swift, and it's the same thing I told people not to be worried about for Justin, because you know how Justin feels to be like, oh, he's a quarterback from Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like Dwayne Haskins got anything to do with Justin Fields. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, kind of contradicting myself because I'd be like, "Boy, the Lions don't be hitting on no running backs." Like, <laughs> if your last, your last thousand yard rusher was my guy Reggie Bush. <laughs> so they just say they've been hurting since Barry Sanders retired, bro. So. That that the only thing that made me nervous, but then again, don't don't now one of them guys got anything to do with DeAndre Swift. So you know we'll see. We shall definitely see. Um, you know, I, I don't. I think you definitely like Swift, the player. You just don't like the landing spot, and that's okay. But right, right, your, right. <laughs> what was your least favorite move of the draft? Uh, my least favorite move of the draft, I would have to say, was 
it's just two of them. It's Denver not drafting Justin Fields, although I love the fact that they picked up Patrick Sertan because I would love to see Aaron Rodgers there, but they they had a shot to get Justin Fields, you know, and they didn't. They whiffed. And then the other thing I liked was my own team, the Atlanta Falcons, you know, Dane draft a running back, like, ever in the draft. So, you know, that immediately made folks go to, let's draft the Ricky free agent sign. So, ooh, Javion Hawkins. That's the guy that's going to get the, you know, so I, I they had opportunities to go at, you know, Javante Williams. Um, they had opportunities at other guys to, you know, kind of get in a committee with Mike Davis. And don't get me wrong, Mike Davis from Atlanta, so I'm rolling with him. You feel me? But I was just a little surprised to see um, that they didn't draft the running back. But, yeah, those two moves right there. Yeah, the, the Denver Broncos passing all fields. Um, that <laughs> that one, even the Carolina Panthers, even though I'm, I'm still rooting for Sam Darnold, I, I think he'll do fine, but I, I'm sorry. There's no way I'm passing on, on uh, Justin Fields because I have Sam Darnold. It's the same thing with, with yeah. the Denver Broncos. Like, who, who trades a sixth-round pick for Teddy Bridgewater and then suddenly believes that they don't need a quarterback anymore? Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. I, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, none of them are the answer. Justin Fields was in your lap. Pull the trigger, man. Um, would have been fun. Would have been fun, man. Justin Fields running around throwing to Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. That would have been a sight to see. But we're not going to get to see it, man. So instead we got we get Fields to Allen Robinson and maybe Aaron Rodgers to Cortland Sutton. We'll see. Um Speaking of Cortland Sun, what are what are your expectations for Cortland Sun? Because I feel like I'm in drafts and I'm get I'm in best ball leagues and I'm getting Cortland Sutton later than I feel like I should be getting him. And I'm just like, do people remember that Cortland Sutton's a grown man? Oh, they need to remember he was a thousand yard receiver too. Um, it, it's just uh, you know, got gotta see who the gotta see what they working with at the quarterback position, man. He definitely has uh. He definitely got what you need to be a team's uh, number one wide receiver. Um, you know, we just got to shake it, uh, shake out the quarterback situation. Because just think, um, <laughs> his he's the he's the receiver right now who value could change mm-hmm. over could could mm-hmm. change overnight with the snap of a trade. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Do uh, you know his ADP off the top? I've been getting him in the fourth, fifth round, but it's probably around like the twentieth or so I, I, receiver off the board. I, I, I would like him as if he was my third receiver on my team, like redraft right now. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, I mean, even if he was my wide receiver too, right? I'm going running back heavy build, and I got him as my wide receiver oh, yeah, two oh, yeah, in the, in yeah, the fifth sure. round for sure. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm seeing if I could pull up his ADP right now. Pulling it up, uh, courtesy of four for four dot com. If we uh, going, if we if we going wide receiver twenty eight, Cortland Sutton. If right we now. going zero wide receiver, hey, yeah, yeah, I want that wide receiver twenty eight right now. That's wild. That's wild. He's an unbelievable value, and and, and and you know what? Like you said, the quarterback situation 
that he's dealing with, that's already baked into his price. Because you're getting him yeah, as right. a wide receiver three. Yes, so indeed. The quarterback situation, like so, like you said, his value could change overnight. Where if you get Aaron Rodgers, the wide receiver that you were getting, wide receiver twenty eight, could potentially have top five wide receiver value. Like yeah, like I say, man, overnight that could change. Man, I hope it do. June first I mean, is a coming. <laughs> definitely worth the risk if you ask me, because he was an absolute dog. Um, I mean, why the year before? 20- why is he at 28? I'll take him there no matter who his quarterback is. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm excited about this because I'm, I'm glad we're both on the same page. Every, every, everybody, everybody got everybody got a price. Like, I don't fade players. I might fade them at their value mm-hmm. or, you know, what everybody else think about them. But I do not fade anyone. If something come at a discount for me, <clears throat> I'm scooping that. Absolutely. Uh, 100% uh, value is the name of the game. We're playing the value game. Um, you know, we don't, like you said, we don't hate particularly a certain player. We just hate what their cost is at this particular moment. Yeah, um, for sure. Like if, if Cortland Sutton shoots up to the wide receiver five in anticipation of Aaron Rodgers getting drafted, I'm not going to pay that price. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, man. So, which team do you think um, would you say improved the most this entire offseason? That includes, you know, whether it's a GM coach, GM hire, coach hire, free agent addition, the draft, you know, a culmination of all of it. Which team's offseason did you like the most? Mm, now, now that's, uh, that's a good question. Uh, what comes to my mind right now is the New York football Giants. Oh, you broke my heart. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you know the other team in New York. I got excited. That's the the Jets actually uh did some good things in the draft. You know, so I like their draft, but we know, you know, we know they ain't winning no double digit games. No, definitely not this year. Um, but they'll be more competitive though, so that would be fun. They they better be, man. But yeah, so <laughs> the you know, the 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 Giants in the Patriots, mm-hmm. let, let me speak on a day. I, I I told you the Giants, the other New York team, then I told, then I went Patriots, the other team in, just, in the Jets you division. Just, you just stabbing. You just you, what you did was you you, you choked me out, you broke my heart, <laughs> and then you said I'm gonna take it and I'm just gonna stab it repeatedly because you bring up the New England Patriots. Oh, man, this is terrible. I, I hate to do it to you, man. <laughs> the the Giants though. Uh, and, and I kind of feel like the Giants and the Patriots did the same kind of thing, especially the Patriots. It's like we just throwing haymakers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like the Giants, they signed a Dory Jackson. They brought in Kenny Galladay, John Ross even. You know, then on top of that, they bring in another receiver, Kadarius Toney. Right? They bring in uh, Kyle Rudolph at the tight end spot. Hell, they just kicked the tires <laughs> and signed Kelvin Benjamin, you know. Um, so they, you know, they even you know, a lot for nothing or a lot for a lot. And I feel like the Patriots kind of in the same boat for, but for the Patriots, um, I feel like for them going seven and nine, well, what they had as a roster was pretty good, you know. Um, 
no one knows who the tight ends were that Cam Newton was throwing to last season. Don't nobody know. Izzo, don't nobody know. <laughs> now you got Jonu and Hunter Henry. Huge upgrade. You upgrade the receivers. No, Nelson Aguilar and Kent, Kendrick Bourne aren't great receivers, top-tier receivers, but they better than what they had last year. They get linemen back from the opt-outs. They get defensive players back from the opt-outs. They still have leadership on that team in one of the McCourty twins. You got James White on the offense, and you still got uh, Matthew Slater. So they got leadership. You know, Cam has another year in the system. They just put some things around them to, to get one last squeeze out of the orange to see what they could do. And passing-wise, Cam Newton can't do no worse. Yeah, no, I I, I, uh, I agree with all your points there. I mean, to the Giants' point, you, you said they're either doing all of this for something or all of it for nothing. And what I think they're doing all of it for is they want to get a definitive answer on is if Daniel Jones – is Daniel Jones the guy? Yes, sir. That's what they need to figure out. Is Daniel Jones the guy? Because there are limited excuses right now. Although I do think they could have done more on the offensive line. But either way, yeah. there's limited excuses. There's weapons. Saquon Barkley should be healthy. And the defense, defense is, is tight. Yes. And people – I heard somebody say recently the Giants defense, you know, wasn't very good uh, compared to another – I think it was compared to the Dolphins. But I was like, people forget that the – Giants had a pretty good defense last year. That was like the only reason they were in games. And the top Dolphins had a turnover, top ten defense, and the Dolphins had a turnover every single game, which probability tells us that's not going to repeat itself. <laughs> so, uh, James Bradbury uh, played as a top level corner top, last year. Yep, um, absolutely. They signed Leonard Williams. They got the young. They got the They got the young boy in there too. I think this is going to be his second or third. Dexter Lawrence. Yes, yes. You got your you, – so, yeah, like you said, everything is set up. I got him winning that division. Mm. That, no, that's – hey, man, I don't hate that at all. It really just comes down to is Daniel Jones going to be the guy? Yeah, yeah. Um, is he going to be the one to carry him? Because if, if he is, then I could definitely see them pulling that off because the Dallas Cowboys – they have a fantastic offense, but that defense is, yeah, it's not going to cut it. I'm sorry. But, um, you know, you just continue. Again, it, it comes down to Daniel Jones. And what are those two first-round picks that they have next year? What do those become? Is that, a, you know, an entryway to them upgrading at quarterback potentially and, and getting a quarterback on this roster, uh, which is at this point getting loaded. But like you said with the New England Patriots, they went out like a team swing and they spent a boatload of money in free agency. Um, and they went into their draft with the sole, really the only need they had was quarterback. Yeah, um, yeah. A, a quarterback of the future. Um, and, you know, who's to say, right, uh, you know, Patriots fans, I, I for un- unfortunately, most of my college friends are Patriots fans. I went to school, or I went to school in Boston. Um, and so – most of them are Patriots fans, and in our group chat, there, you know, the one of them brought up a pretty good scenario, which is there's only really two options for the Patriots. It's either Cam Newton is better than he was last year, mm-hmm. and if he's worse, Mac Jones is anything is better than anything they had to turn to last year. 
So how could they be worse than seven and nine? Right, right. So we'll see. I mean, Bill Belichick, he's still the, you know, the mastermind. Uh, I mean, I recently said it the other day on our Jets podcast, and now we have Liftoff New York Jets podcast, that the Bills are the standard in the AFC East. We'll see if Belichick makes me uh, regret those words. What do you think, though? You you have the patch one in the division. Or, you know, are the Buffalo no, Bills No, no, no. Um, as of today, I still got the Bills winning the division. But, I, you know, I feel like either team could challenge them. And it a lot of it hinges on the quarterback play from the Dolphins and the Patriots. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, if the Patriots are winning that division, it's going to be with Cam at quarterback. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Mm-hmm. If the Dolphins mm-hmm. are winning that division, it'll be because Tua took a step up at quarterback. Where are you at with Tua this year? Because I'm, I've been, you know, I, I'm lukewarm on Tua. I say lukewarm begrudgingly because I'm actually, I'm not a fan of Tua at all, really. Uh, I wasn't a fan of him when he was in college. Uh, and so, you know, I didn't see what all the hype was. He obviously didn't have a great rookie year. Uh, obviously, he's coming back from that hip injury. So I'm over this frame of mind of like, I'm not a Tua believer, but a lot of most of the people I talk to, most of the guests I've had on this podcast are. So where do you stand with Tua? Well, you talking to another believer, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Tua gonna right. show up. Tua gonna show up and show out. And let well, let me ask you this, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of twenty twenty one, who would you feel have had a better season, Daniel Jones or Tua Tagovailoa? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's actually... crazy because I like both of them. And I really have nothing to go off of on Daniel Jones because he threw 11 touchdowns in 14 games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's nothing to go on. Tua was at least winning some games. Yeah, it's tough because Daniel Jones, show, like he showed us so much as a rookie Yeah, that man. we came in with these high expectations of him as a passer. And – we didn't see any of that last year, um, but Tua has shown he like Tua hasn't been bad, right? Like you haven't watched a Dolphins game and said, "Oh, they're losing this game," particularly because of Tua. Except, except, that, except that Raiders week seventeen. <laughs> week seventeen. Oh yes, yes, against the the pa- the, was it the, the Bills, the Bills, the Bills okay. yeah, the Bills backups. Yes, that's what it was. They got slaughtered. Yeah. So. You know, I'm again. I'm not. Haven't been the biggest fan of Tua. I remember when Joe Burrow was coming out uh, before Tua had gotten hurt. I had seen once, I think, one game of Joe Burrow, and I was like, I would take Joe Burrow over Tua. Um, again, I just haven't been a fan. I do get what Tua does well. I get it. The improvisational skills, uh, the ability to to anticipate. Uh, oh yeah. You know, I, I get it. I understand it, and I and I get it. I just – there's just well, something uh, – A problem with them last year was uh, they just wasn't letting them open it up. When mm-hmm. Fitz got in there, he just did whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, now it'll be – this year it'll be an opportunity for him to do that, and it's clear as day that's what they want to happen with the signing of Will Fuller, drafting Jalen Waddle. Um, you know, so he's gonna ha- he's gonna have his opportunity this year. 
He's only played nine games, so in a guy's second year, it shouldn't be put up or shut up. I like to mm-hmm. say that for year mm-hmm. three, but for Tua, I don't know. I guess it is. <laughs> I think all I can say about that is thank God Lamar won the MVP in his second <laughs> year, or he wouldn't have had a third year. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just want to say, I guess one one last one last point on Tua on the Tua discussion because Miami is an, an interesting position heading into twenty twenty two. Um, it's crazy because I'm not even a big time NBA fan like that, but it feels like the NFL is becoming more and more like the NBA where we're looking at draft capital that teams have and what they could do in the following year. But back to what I'm saying with Tua, if he, you know, I think on the night of the draft, they had talked about with Tua, if Tua doesn't perform to, I guess, the Dolphins, if they don't see it in Tua, that depending on what happens with the Deshaun Watson situation, They've set themselves up in a, in a position where they can evaluate Tua in 2021 and then go out and make a run at Deshaun Watson in 2022 if, if you don't like what you see from Tua. So what are your thoughts on potentially that? And, I mean, I, I think I know what you're going to say because Deshaun Watson versus Tua, I know who you'll pick, but I just want to hear, hear your thoughts. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I mess with Tua now, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> if you got a chance to get at that boy Watson, come on. I said, I said that this offseason before he got caught up. I was saying, like, hey, if the Dolphins got a chance to get him, get him now. That don't mean Tua is done. It's just you got a shot to get a top five quarterback. Listen, if he didn't, if he didn't get caught up, he might be there right now, dog. It's definitely definitely possible that he would be there. Uh, they definitely made sense. My 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 hope was that he would have been a Jet, but obviously uh, that ship has sailed at least for now. So we'll see. But um, I, I don't 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 wish that. Don't wish my boy going to the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> hey um, man, I, like we said that one time, would definitely if he if Deshaun Watson was in a Jets jersey, I would be dragging you to Jets games every week. Actually, I, and, 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 and I would I had to go. <laughs> but yeah, we still gotta see what's going on with that guy. So yeah, no, definitely we we definitely gotta you know everything is in a wait and see mode with with uh, him and the Texans. Um, again, I don't take these notes. I was supposed to jump to a topic. After Tua, but I tabled it to say one last thing on Tua. Oh, but Lamar Jackson, that's what it is, of course. Because, LJ, this is the last thing I'm, I'm going to say before I let you go. Um, you, you are probably the, the most – you're probably the most – the biggest defender of Lamar Jackson that I've seen out there. I thought I was a Lamar Jackson defender. <laughs> yeah. But – Every one of your posts, every one of your videos, um, every almost, I think if we ran the analytics, like 60% of your tweets would be about Lamar, would be defending Lamar Jackson. I'm going to throw, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to throw it out there. <laughs> so, so what, what is it about Lamar Jackson's perception across the league that bothers you? Um, and what is it that you feel like you have to, be the the main defender of 
of said uh, said problems with Lamar. Well, he runs the ball so great that the perception is that because he's not the most accurate thrower, that he can't throw the football accurately. So <laughs> that's the that's the perception. Um, no, he's not the best and most accurate passer in the NFL. He probably never will be. Why? Because whoever that is is the same three guys for ten years straight. That why. Um, Secondly, uh, again, like I said, he runs so good that when he throw a ball in the dirt, it's goodbye, Irene. Oh, my God. Lamar threw an incompletion, you know. But then when he drops those dimes, ain't nobody got to say nothing. You, <laughs> I could make a highlight tape of all the dimes he done dropped since being in the league, and it will outweigh the, the, the bad throws by ten times. And the analytics will even tell us um, about his on-target throws uh, being amongst the top in the league, his bad throw percentage not being amongst the top in the league. Now, the volume passing is low, right? So he has less of a chance to throw those bad throws. But in the same token, people complain about him not throwing for 4,000 yards. Well, then I'll use your argument against you. He don't throw the ball enough. You know, and why would you throw the ball enough when you've been the highest scoring team since he's become the starter? They don't have to throw the ball often. Nope. What happens is they've gotten in the playoffs and gotten down. Most of the time, they're winning. They're running the ball, running the clock out. They've gotten in the playoffs two games. Uh his first two playoff games, they got him behind, then they don't know what to do. That's not Lamar Jackson. That's the Ravens. That's Lamar Jackson included. Let me put that in there. He does not go without fault. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, man, and, you know, they drafted the receivers. Uh, I, I just, what I hope don't happen is Lamar come out here throwing the ball 30, 35 times a game and the Ravens trying to do that to prove a point. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They certainly need to open it up, watch him at Louisville. He was able to do everything he done and still throw for 3,600 yards. Like 3,600 yards for him will be solid. You know? Go ahead. And they'll still be able to do what they do. No, man, I, I totally agree with you, uh, you know, just because he's, a, you know, they talk about his deficiencies as a passer, which is not even, he's not even a below average passer, he's right? Like, a, he's a he's better above, than average. <laughs> he's a better than average passer who's slightly below above average, right? Like, this is a guy with a 7.2% touchdown rate. And a one, he's got a less than two percent interception rate, right? He hasn't thrown, he hasn't even thrown double digit interceptions since he's been in the league. But he's, he's still got a sixty four percent completion percentage, which is still not. That's not bad, is yeah, it? Seventy percent? No, but it's not a bad completion. Yeah, percentage and, how, to have. And, and how many guys are throwing seventy percent every year? Maybe one or two. Thank you. And then at the end of the day. Why is no one talking about the fact that this guy rushes for a thousand? He's rushing a thousand <laughs> yards despite that, that, right? Like, like we could talk about. Oh yeah, well you know he doesn't throw for three thousand yards, but and he doesn't 
you know, throw for, uh, you know, 40, 50 touchdowns and, and all this and have a 70% completion percentage, but why aren't we talking about all the quarterbacks that don't have a 1,000 yards rushing yet? Hey, you know it's crazy about his 1,000 yards rushing? <laughs> In his first 37 starts, he's on pace to throw more touchdown passes than Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. <laughs> That's fact. <laughs> That's a fact. That ain't nothing I'm just making up. That's a fact. So the interesting thing is, and, and I was of the believer, you know, I actually didn't like what the Ravens did in 2018 because when they went to Lamar Jackson, they didn't care about developing Lamar. What they cared about was winning. And so they were not going to throw the ball. They were going to run this triple oh, yeah. option. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. The first year he got in there, it was just like, hey, man, do what you can do, and uh, let's see how it works. <laughs> he was running. He was carrying the ball 20 times a game in those starts. Bruh, he ran for 700 yards. <laughs> <laughs> in seven starts. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's funny because, you know, I – the Baltimore, Baltimore is the only team that would fully – like, if you look across the league, I don't think any team would have fully embraced Lamar for who he is and have and would have built their entire team around that. Not, not then. No, not then, right? But the, the Ravens did it. But I also felt like I always wanted to see – because I'm with you. Lamar had never had a quarterback's coach up until he got to college. He didn't even have a playbook. And so, you know, all these guys that are paying – uh, for quarterback gurus and camps and, and working out with yeah, private yeah. coaches, L- Lamar didn't have any of that. Oh, yeah, that boy Lamar from the hood now, that's just straight yeah. talent. That's just that, talent. The, the ball just, just flips off the wrist. So you couldn't tell me that a kid that talented, that a kid that's made it this far, that if he ended up with a Sean Payton, he wouldn't – Sean Payton wouldn't fix the footwork, wouldn't <sighs> fix the – and that's what <laughs> I want. That's what, that was what I wanted for Lamar <laughs> because why waste time with Taysom Hill – you got Drew Brees going down the pipeline. You know he's going to retire soon. Sit Lamar Jackson behind Drew Brees. Get him ready. You can run the Wildcat stuff that you run with Taysom Hill, and he'll do it better than that. And, oh, and man, he, imagine that if they would have had him instead of Taysom Hill these past couple years. Woo. That's, and so that's what I really wanted for Lamar. But you look at the situation that he's in in Baltimore, I, I, again, I like that they've embraced him. My issues now are with Greg Roman. And I've said this before. I've said it on this podcast before. But um, Greg Roman, if you look at his history and you look at where he came from, his last two stops as an offensive coordinator, the Buffalo yeah. Bills yeah. and San Francisco 49ers. And I'm going to use the Niners specifically because he had a quarterback that's uh, a similar skill set to Lamar and Colin Kaepernick. And I remember watching Kaepernick in this offense in year one and thinking that it was so innovative and that there was so much that you could do from here, you know, because you just have to develop the quarterback as a passer. And there's so much that you could like, this offense can become almost indefendable. Mm-hmm. And in year two, I remember thinking to see this huge leap from Colin Kaepernick and we never saw it mm-hmm. because the offense was the same. Yes, the sir. Same offense, and in the NFL, you can't roll out the same exact offense to these coaches and expect them to not study for it and not get prepared for it. And, and what's and what's crazy is Lamar still did numbers. 
Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, it was a quote unquote <laughs> down year. <laughs> and it, it's just, yeah, like you say, man, you can't do it the same. No, nah, man. But you also look at the Ravens. They are one of the smarter teams. That's why I kind of have faith because they, they do look at the analytics, but they still use their traditional old school football principles. Um, you know, so Greg Roman has evolved in ways. I would just like to see. I think this offense is just sometimes they're just stuck in their ways where, you know, use the Chiefs game, for example, um, they get conservative and they kick a field goal, you know, in the first quarter against the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yo, open it up. Trust Lamar. Yeah, they're not going to – like the Chiefs match up with them so well. Mm-hmm. If if the Ravens, like you said, they trot out that same scheme – uh, and try to this not it hasn't worked the past three games they played the Chiefs they've nope. got his number that's why they got to switch it up Kurt Warner did a film study on this and it shows receivers running into each other man I love what I love that dude Patrick Richard Ricard whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but man he don't need to be lining up in no slot man that ain't for you ain't scared nobody with that nope that's nope. gonna be a turnaround, quick out. <laughs> Might truck somebody, but that's a three yard game, man. That's why I like they got these receivers now to compete and just give Lamar more options. Uh, people like you know they get Sammy Watkins, people laughing, but hey, Sammy Watkins now know what it's like to play in the top offense. He mm-hmm. know what it's like to win now. You know, so mm-hmm. I like it, man. Just give them options to throw to. Let the receivers compete. You know, get these wide receivers open and let Lamar Jackson throw to open receivers sometimes. That would be nice. <laughs> I mean, what's the worst thing that could happen? Sammy Watkins is just a veteran upgrade over Willie Sneed? Like, like... That's exactly what I said. Like, what, hell, he got he's better than him, so what, what's, what you laughing at? We just... <laughs> Who, like, like and people act like you listen, you wasn't gonna get Allen Robinson, dude. Like, just get better. Exactly, man. You just gotta keep adding horses to the stable. In this case, it's wide receivers. And they did add Rashad Bateman, they did add Tyler Wallace. Uh, they also did have, you know, still Devin Duvernay from last year, a rookie wide receiver. So They've got some some young guys in well, the room. When they come out week one and you see them in a three wide receiver set, those whoever whatever three that is, that gonna tell you a lot. Obviously, we expect it to be Hollywood, Bateman, and Watkins, but you just mentioned Duvernay. Then there's Wallace. Them guys gonna compete in camp. And mm-hmm. the ones you see trot out first, that's gonna that that first couple series, that's gonna tell you a lot. So what do you think about Hollywood Brown? I know you you talked about him, but Rashad Bateman coming in as the first round pick, he's expected to be the I'm assuming the alpha in this in this wide receiver group. Um, you know, he's just built differently than a lot of the other guys on this on this yeah. roster as well. So what role do you see for Hollywood? Is he somebody you're interested in grabbing in fantasy drafts? Like what's up? I, I still am until I until I see otherwise. You know what I'm saying? Um uh, Bateman is uh, definitely uh, great to have. I think this gives Hollywood an opportunity to play like a, a different role in the offense. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like what, you know, 
like like a type uh people say compare him to I like I don't even think they the same type of dude. Mm-hmm. Um but but he can like, bring the same things for this offense j- in a way. Yeah, just give him some get him the ball like you get Tyreek Hill the ball. Get Hollywood Brown the ball the way you get Debo Samuels the ball. Get creative. You know what I'm saying? It it don't always have to be beyond the line of scrimmage. Just find a way to uh use him in motion and let let defenses fear the speed, move him around so defenses could be aware of him. Just start moving him around instead of just running nine routes with him all the time. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, and maybe for this Ravens offense, because I think that's what they probably envisioned for Hollywood Brown when they drafted him, that he could be this all-purpose weapon. But because they haven't had, you know, receivers in the room, they've had to rely on him like, hey, when we need a first down beyond the sticks, it's either Hollywood or Mark Andrews that are going to get it for us because we really got nobody else. Um, and in actuality, that shouldn't be what Hollywood is. All right, he You're should right. be he should be your occasional deep threat, uh, you know, catching bubble screens, used on the jet sweeps, used in the, you know, the screen game. I think that's how you want to use him. And I think that – and this is just my opinion, but maybe he's a guy that will be better – for the Ravens' actual football team than he will be for us in fantasy, just because I don't know how much volume he'll get. Yeah, for uh, for sure, man. It's uh, he could actually he could bring more value to that team if they use them in uh, the way I just described. Absolutely, absolutely. As far as the Ravens' receivers for fantasy, uh. I could see Lamar throwing for thirty eight hundred yards, but that don't mean uh, that don't mean I won any of them in fantasy. But if I was to take one, I'm taking Hollywood still. That's Lamar boy. That's his partner in real life. Um, that's that's who I'm still uh, rolling with in in like the tenth round or something. Oh yeah, because he's definitely cheaper than he was last year. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, LJ, man, this was this was awesome, brother. I, I really do appreciate you taking the time to come on, man. So before you get off of here, why don't you just tell everybody, you know, where they can find you, where they can find your work, and, and what you got going on these days, man. All right, man, for sure. Uh, appreciate you having me on as well, uh, too. Uh, so, yeah, man, just get at me at uh, on any social media, at Lord Don't Lose from there. You can uh, see – my uh, video content. I also got the Lord Don't Lose podcast. That's about it, man. All right, guys. Well, appreciate y'all for listening. LJ, appreciate you coming on. And we will talk to y'all later.